quickly, we'll pray and we'll jump in. Lord, thank you for this time. Thank you, God, for what you're doing. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity you're providing for us, Lord. I look forward, Father, to bringing up the crew, Lord, that's also going to be going to the Dominican here soon, Lord God. And Father, there's just so many opportunities that you've given us all over this world, Lord. And Father, thank you for the bridges and the ways that you're building opportunities here locally, Lord God, that we're learning more about, Lord, as we come out of COVID, God, ways to get involved. Lord, we thank you, Father. I pray, Lord, that we would never, ever look at a building and assume that that's where it's at, God. But Father, that we would understand that we are the church. We are the church, God. And so Lord, I pray today, Father, teach us, grow us. Holy Spirit, point out in our lives, Lord God, areas where maybe we need a little bit of an adjustment. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your grace and your mercy in us. In Jesus' name, amen. So, oh, shoot. My little thing just fell out. All right. Let's read chapter 24, verse one says this. Then Jesus went out and departed from the temple and his disciples came up to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. That's all we're getting through today. So Jesus, it says he went out from the temple and departed. You guys, sounds a little redundant in English. It kind of makes sense. He went out and departed from the temple. But in, in the Greek, it is actually meant to be redundant. It's meant to emphasize something. It's meant to have an emphasis that says this, God has left the building. That's what it's saying. Matthew wasn't a dumb guy. He was a tax collector. It's meant to be redundant. It's meant in the Greek, it's, it's making a very strong point here. He's saying God has left the building. When Jesus said, see your house is left to you desolate, he's saying, here I am, God in flesh standing before you, and I'm leaving because you don't want me here. That's what he's saying. He's departing. He's leaving it desolate. And his disciples <laughs> crack me up. Because they're like, dude, you're a bit of a downer, Jesus, right now. Like, I don't know what your mood is, but uh, this whole chapter has been a little down. Let me cheer you up. And so he looks, they look at Jesus and they're like, look at the temple. Look how beautiful that is. Look how amazing this looks. And guys, it was amazing. It really was. It was essentially one of the wonders of the world at this point in history. This was an amazing building, you guys. Herod's temple, the one that he built, they say, was much better than Solomon's. And guess what? Solomon's was nothing to sneeze at. Solomon's temple was absolutely beautiful and stunning and amazing. Herod's temple, even better, according to so many people, right? We read these things. We know that Herod's temple, Herod was not a dumb guy. Herod was a lot of things. One thing he was not was dumb. He was actually really, really well known even throughout now, right? Like as we look back, Herod's buildings, a lot of them are still standing. The guy was a genius. He wasn't a dumb guy. And so he built this temple and it was amazing. And he did all these things. And the fact is, you guys, we know a couple things. Josephus, anyone heard that name before? Every once in a while, you hear that name. He was just a Jewish historian that had some money, had some clout within the Roman world. And so he wrote a history of the Jews. And so it's an extra biblical person that gives us a little insight 
into what was happening. And you know what he said? He said that there was so much gold on the inside and the outside of this temple that no one could look at it when the sun was hitting it because it would blind you. I want you to imagine that. You're like, ah, you guys ever been to New York City or another major city and you look at like a big old, you know, thing of glass and you're like, imagine that times 10, right? Just so much gold, so amazing that when the sun was hitting, you couldn't look directly at it. The marble stones that made up the temple that were exposed, right? And you guys, we still see them. That's the temple mount. That's the stuff that's been thrown over, right? They still look amazing and they're still huge. But when this temple was constructed and when they were like that, whenever you were coming into the city, because remember the temple was at the high point in Jerusalem. And so when you're up on the Mount of Olives or you're somewhere else and you're coming in, into the city, you guys, the reality is, is that there were people, and Josephus tells us, that people would look and they'd be like, oh, I think there's snow on the temple mount because the, the marble was so white that it looked like the, there was just snow around it. You guys, I just, I'm trying to give us a picture that this building was amazing. It was truly one of the wonders of the world for that time. But Jesus makes a prophetic and a profound statement that would be quickly proven true. And he says, hey man, you like that building? You think it's pretty? You're amazed by this building? Not one stone's gonna be left upon it. it they're all gonna be toppled, right? There's, all the stones are gonna be thrown down. He points to the temple and explains that. And you guys, in 40 years from the point that he said that around a little less, Right? Right around 40 years, that happened. You guys have probably heard about this, but let's just go over it. 70 AD, during a crushing defeat of an uprising of the Jews against Rome, Titus, who was a general at the time, later became Caesar, he brought the hammer down on everyone that was fighting. And this general Titus, as he was, as he was kind of fighting his way through and slaughtering people and taking care of it, all the Jews were fleeing Jerusalem that were in the city, but the fighters went up into the temple and hold up. They hold up in the temple. And so there they are, they're all locked in to the temple. And according to history, the Romans had the whole temple surrounded. And according to history, something we know that is not just in history, but everywhere. Alcohol never helps anything, does it? One drunk soldier set the whole thing on fire, right? He's like, I can't see. <laughs> Lit the whole thing on fire. You guys, he accidentally set the whole thing on fire and all that gold that was on the outside and the inside melted. And as it dried, you guys, as it solidified, right? Because what happens to gold is pretty pretty soft metal. It, it, it melts. It drips down. It gets in between the stacks of marble stones. It does all these things. And then it starts to solidify when it hits the cold stones. And so you know what? At that site, the Roman soldiers, listen, you got to understand, Roman soldiers were well-trained, well-funded, well-everything. But how were they so well-funded? Because they defeated everybody and they got their money from the loot that they could get from the battle. And so what do you think? They, they looked around, they're like, that's a lot of gold. And I can get to that. These well-trained soldiers, strong men, they start breaking these stones down. And these are big, big stones. It's pretty amazing. It just shows that greed can drive you to a lot of things. And they get in there and they get all this gold. They get all of it. And the fact is, you guys, what was Jesus really saying here? He was saying to his disciples, if you think this building matters more than the people, you got a problem. You're missing it. 
This building is not nearly as important as the people. And so I just, I want to take a moment. I told you this message was short. That's it. I want us to examine our own hearts. Because here in New England, you guys, we have a lot of beautiful churches, don't we? Look around the world. We've got beautiful churches that exist all over the earth that we can even sometimes pay money and walk through them. Or maybe they're really generous and they give us a free tour. I don't know if anybody's been to Boston. I've been through all those old churches, right? You can get, just walk in and donate a little bit of money and you can walk through them. But the reality is, just as the temple was desolate, a lot of these churches are desolate. Beautiful buildings. Nothing spiritual happening in them, happening in them anymore. I think there's a great deal that we can learn from our friends in Kenya. The reality is, you guys, they have buildings that nobody's going to pay money to come tour through. They're mud over sticks, just padded together until they dry. They have windows that are framed in and holes underneath because the mud's fallen out. There's, why am I saying all this? Here's the reality, you guys, because the building isn't what matters. It's the people in the building that matter. It's the heart and the fire that they have for the Lord that matters. That's the point. They don't have the best lighting system. Right? The pastor's not up there like I was last week and being like, why have we got a yellow light on me? I want a white one. <laughs> right? They're like, the, the light. Yeah, I did that last week. For real. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if there's one thing I'm not, it's perfect, you guys, in case you didn't know. The reality is, though, you guys, they don't have those things. They don't have those things, but what they have is a fire for the Lord. And they give it all to the Lord. They give everything they've got to the Lord. They worship their Savior with abandon, you guys. And I got to ask us, do we give the same attention to our own hearts? Do we come in here to this building, this church building, with a heart that says, man, Lord, I want to be poured out today. God, I want to be poured out for you. And Lord, I want you to fill me up. Like I need both simultaneously, God. And, and they happen simultaneously. If you come in and you're like, no one ever talks to me. Well, that's because you sit there and don't talk to anybody. I've gotten to know nobody. Yes, because you leave right before the last song. If any of y'all do that today, I swear. <laughs> you guys... Do we come in with a heart that says, Lord, who am I meant to be encouraging to today? Lord, what person may be hurting that I need to go and just say, hey, what's up? What's going on with you today? How are you? Am I walking in with a heart that says, Lord, yeah, that one worship leader or man, that drummer, that guy, can't stand him. By the way, we've got another drummer coming on board, just saying. So stoked. But the truth is, you guys, are we coming in with that heart? Because if we are, we're wrong. What our heart should be is, Lord, I'm here to worship you. And I don't care if everybody's out of tune because I'm just going to add to the out of I don't care what that looks like. I will press into you today, Lord. That's the heart that we should have. What's the reason you call Great Bay Calvary home, you guys? Is it our stuff, our online service option? Thank you for all that are watching online. Guys, we have a lot of folks, a good number of folks that sincerely are not physically capable of coming to church. And I'm so thankful we've got that option. If that becomes your option because you like your pajamas better, that's a problem. <laughs> right? 
But does that why you come to our church? Because you've been sitting in pajamas online or because our website's kind of cool or we have good social media and we have eh, coffee? <laughs> Is that why you come? I hope not. Isn't it the convenience of our timing of when we have our services to your schedule? That, none of those are wrong. You guys understand, I'm not, I'm not dogging that out, but here's my thing. The first reason you should all have, the first reason we should all have is because we're trying to grow closer to God and to the people that we call home here, this family in church. That's the point of church, you guys. It's not the building or the equipment or any of that stuff. It's the fact that we get to come in and say, God, I want to know you more today than I knew you before. And Lord, put me in a place of uncomfortableness and give me a place where I can learn to meet somebody new so that this family that I know grows bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. That's what I want. I want people to have a comfort level to say, yo, I'm bringing somebody along today and I'm, I know for a fact they're gonna meet three, four, five, six people. I don't wanna be a church that's clicky and like, oh, that's somebody new. Okay, ignore them. <laughs> I don't wanna be that church, you guys. Because the truth is this, I'm past time. Dang it. Even the most well-funded and amazing church will one day fall apart. My prayer is, Lord willing, that that will happen because Jesus has returned and nobody's left. Do you understand? The building is gonna fall. It's the building that doesn't matter. It's the souls that matter. And that should be our focus. That should be our focus, you guys. And guess what? The disciples who were pointing out and being like, hey, look at that building, Jesus. Look how amazing it is. They got it because we read in the book of Acts that they stopped caring about that very temple and they just kept showing up and being like, bring people to Jesus, one soul at a time, amen? amen. Let's pray. Thanks so much for listening to this message from Great Bay Calvary Church in Dover, New Hampshire. We're so glad you found us. If you wanna learn more about our services or need prayer for something going on in your life, Come connect with us at greatbaycalvary.com.